Today, I want to speak to you from this thought, this house, this house. Tiffany and I, we go shopping from time to time, and I'll go shopping with her at some kind of store, or a furniture store, or a store where you buy frames and picture frames and things of that nature. And oftentimes when I go to a store like this, I veer off from Tiffany, and I go look at picture frames, or I look at little poster boards and little sayings, you know. I, I love to get those sayings and read them and just go through different aisles and read the sayings like, dream big, or pray big, or there'll be a Christian verse that says, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And I walk through the aisles and I read all these signs, man. I take pictures of them and I, I write them down. I'm going to tweet this out later. This is good. I'm gonna fake. I mean, I just, I get inspired. I get emotional reading these signs in, in different stores. And, and about a, a month or two ago, we were, uh, we were in a store and I, I disconnected from Tiffany and the kids so I could go read the signs in the store. And I read this sign, and it was the kind of the title of it was This House, This House. And it was really, really powerful. And in this house, we do real. We do mistakes. We do I'm sorry. We do second chances. We do hugs. We do forgiveness. We do fun. We do really loud, and when you have four kids, 10 and under, you go really, really loud. We do love. We are family. And I read a sign like this, and man, I was blessed. And right when I read the sign, I thought, I'm preaching this. I am preaching this. I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit. I had too much pizza, but I was quickened. And I'm like, I'm preaching this to our church, man. I, I just was moved when I read it because you know what? I love my house. I love going home. I love my family. Matter of fact, I spent all day at home with my family yesterday. I won't even tell you what time I finally brushed my teeth as I was at home all day with my family. And I just love being home. I love eating dinner around the table. I love playing with my kids and spinning them around. I love family movie night when we might rent a red box movie and watch a kid movie with our kids and pile up covers on the couch and on the floor and make microwave popcorn and eat. And I love family date nights when we take the kids out and grab some pizza. I, I love my home. I love my family. love spending time with them. And can I tell you what? Not only do I love my home, but I love God's house. I love God's house. I, I feel a lot like David did in Psalms chapter 27 and verse number 4. David said, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, this one thing, and this thing do I seek, that I may dwell in the house, come on, at all locations. Everybody shout, house! I want you to notice that, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His, in His temple, in His house. And I deeply love the house of God. Can I tell you, when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ, I immediately fell in love with the house of God. 
I, I just loved it. Long before I became a preacher, I loved God's house. I, I loved church. Tiffany will tell you, when we first started dating, most of our dates were in church, were in the house of God. I loved church. I loved God's house, whether Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I went to revival services and midweek services and Monday night revivals. I would stay and pray and seek God. I, I love God's house. I just love it. I'm a, I'm a church man. You say, Pastor, you sound like a church junkie. That's me. I love God's house. One thing I desire from the Lord, that I may dwell in His house all the days of my life. I have to confess today, I am a house, I'm addicted to the house of God. And what I want to do today is I want to talk to you specifically about the house of God. I want to talk to you, zoom in on this house people's church, the, the houses that God has given this church to lift up His name where His presence dwells, our, our church home, people's church. I want to talk to you about God's house, and I want to give you four characteristics of this house, Midwest City, Northwest, Oklahoma City, this house. And of course, it's based on who Jesus is. And we're going to study John chapter 1, verse 14 through 17 today. John 1, verse 14 through 17. This house, this house. And the first thought I want to share with you is I'm concluding the series today and kind of putting, uh, putting a bow on what we've talked about over the last several weeks. Encourage you, if you missed one week, to get online and listen to it and let the Lord speak to your heart about it's okay not to be okay. And the first thought I want to share with you about this house is this house is a house where it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be okay. Let's look at God's Word today. John chapter 1 and verse number 14 says, The Word, Jesus, that, that's, that's who that's talking about, the Word, became flesh. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus lived among us. We, sinners, we, people, we, humanity, have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Check this out. The perfect, holy, righteous, spotless, sinless King of kings and Lord of lords came to live amongst sinners. He came and hung out with. He came and ate with. He came and was friends with sinners. Jesus comes to us right where we are. I like what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1. In verse 15, he says, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Friends, Jesus came for the worst of sinners. Can I submit to you today that no matter who you are or what you've done, and no matter how bad you think it is, Jesus came to save you. He came to earth and died on the cross for you. He came for the worst of sinners. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus seeks after people who aren't okay, and oftentimes, I think we have the wrong view of, G of Jesus. 
people think that Jesus isn't at the house party. Jesus doesn't show up at the strip club or at the home that's falling apart. But the Jesus that I read about in the scripture, the, the Jesus that I know personally, he will come to you right where you are. He will seek you out right where you are. He will seek you out when you're not okay. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Because Jesus found you and sought you out when you was at the party. He convicted you when you was at the club. Come on, you was acting like a fool and Jesus sought you out. You were a womanizer and Jesus pulled on you. You was half drunk and half high. Some of you was all the way high and all the way drunk. And Jesus came after you and he sought you. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. He pulled you out. Come on, don't act like you got yourself all together. You came to church all Serving the Lord? No, he pulled you out. That's what he did to me. He pulled me out of some of my mess. He came to me right where I was, and he pulled me out. He sought after me. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. God meets us right where we are, and he'll show up right in the middle of a party and crash it for somebody and pull them out. And People's Church is a church that meets people right where they are. This is a house where you can come with your hurts, habits, hang-ups, and issues. Listen, it doesn't matter what your issue is. You can, you, you, you can be trapped. You can be bound. You can be tore up from the floor up. Listen, you can be an outcast in society. You can come jacked up to people's church. This is a place for you to come and experience the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. I declare to you, as I have many times, we're not trying to build walls to keep people out. We're trying to build bridges to our city to get people in, to experience the power, the love, the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. It's okay not to be okay. Jesus came into the world to meet people and to save them right where they are. There's a, a second characteristic of this house. This house is a house of radical grace. Radical grace. Let's go back to our text in John chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, the word Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. Sinners have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full, full, come on all locations, just say this with me. Everybody say, full I want you to catch this. He came full of grace and truth. John chapter 1 and verse 16, uh, just a verse or so, two verses later, it says, out of his, notice this, out of his fullness, out of his fullness, we have received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The scripture declares that Jesus is full of grace. Notice he's not half full. He's not three-fourths full. Jesus is completely full of grace. Grace is simply God's unmerited favor. Grace is receiving what we don't deserve, and Jesus loves to give us what we don't deserve. He is 
full of grace. He is full of unmerited favor. He is full of giving us what we don't deserve. I can speak for myself. I don't know about you, but I know my own testimony. I don't deserve to be saved. Come on, I deserve to be a statistic. I deserve to be strung out. I deserve to be in prison. Come on, I don't deserve, but Jesus pulled me out at the age of 17 and saved me by his grace. I don't deserve my wife. I don't deserve her. I married a Proverbs 31 woman. I married out of my league. I love my wife. She's precious. She's dear to me. She loves me in spite of me. Anybody know what I'm talking about, man? I don't deserve her, but God gave me what I don't deserve. I don't deserve my four precious kids. I love those little booger bears. I can, I can eat them sometimes. Sometimes I can punch them, but, but most of the time I can eat those little booger bears. I, lo- I don't deserve those precious kids. I, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve the friends that God has given me. He's blessed me with some wonderful friends, trustworthy people that, that know me inside and out, that I share my life with. I don't deserve to have friends like that. I don't deserve to pastor people's church. I don't, I don't deserve to be a pastor. I'm not perfect. I, 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 I'm not the righteous, holy one like Jesus is. I don't deserve, but God pulled me out and he saved me and he gave me what I don't deserve. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to pastor you, but God gives us what we don't deserve. I don't deserve the clothes. I don't deserve a car to drive or a roof over my head. I don't deserve the food I get to eat. Come on, sometime, every once in a while, that bad boy's a steak. Come on, somebody. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But God is a God that's full of grace, and the Scripture says He will give us grace in place of grace. He gives us what what we don't deserve. Is there anybody else? They can testify that we serve a God that will give you what you don't deserve. Come on, you're breathing today. You ought to say praise the Lord. Yes, he's giving you what you don't deserve. And people's church is a grace place. This is a place where you can come broken, busted, and disgusted and leave restored, healed, and refreshed by God's grace. You can receive what you don't deserve. Come on, this is a place where you can receive grace for your sins. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how far you are away from God. Doesn't matter the sin you may be trapped in today. It doesn't matter how addicted you may be. Can I tell you, this is a grace place and you can receive forgiveness today. Then on this grace for your marriage, there's somebody that ma- your marriage is falling apart and things don't look good. You're on the verge of divorce. Papers have already been served and I just want to simply say to you today, listen, God will give you what you don't deserve. Come on, this is a place of grace where God can put back together things that have been broken things that are falling apart. It's a grace place. Here's grace for your kids. Come on, some of your kids are acting half crazy. You've given up on them. You think there's no way, there's no way for my kid, there's no way for my 48-year-old knucklehead, there's no way. But can I tell you, God is a God that gives grace upon grace. Come on, there's grace for your finances. Some of you, your finances are upside down. You bought a car you can't afford. You don't have no money in the bank. Matter of fact, your bank account says negative. You don't know how you're going to pay your bills. You don't know. You got yourself in a mess. You've made some bad decisions. But we can serve a God that will give you what you don't deserve. 
servant. He'll give you grace upon grace. Come on, there's grace for your failures. Listen, some of you, you're in this place. You're at Midwest City. You're at Northwest, and you are at the lowest point of your life. And you don't, and you what? You say what? You say, I deserve this. I jacked up my life. I messed up over and over again. I feel like there's no hope, but I want you to know you came to the right place today, a grace place. Jesus is here, and the Bible declares he is full of grace. He specializes in giving us what we don't deserve. This is a place where you can experience a second chance. Listen, at People's Church, we don't give up on people because God doesn't give up on people. We believe in you. We believe in your potential. We believe in what God's doing in your life. I don't care who you are, where you are, how bound you are. I don't care how hopeless you may feel. You've stepped into a grace place today. There is grace for you, and God specializes in giving us what we don't deserve. This is a house of grace. Number three is this, a third characteristic of this house. I feel like preaching today. Amen. I'm happy. Praise the Lord. Number three is this house is a house of love, is a house of love. In our text in John 1:14, it says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Why, why would the word, why would the word, why would Jesus Leave a perfect heaven and come dwell among sinners. Why would it do that? There's only one reason. Because he loves us. First John chapter 4 and verse 9 says this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. God loves us. 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. As followers of Christ, the reason we can love one another is because God lives in us, and he is love. We love because he first loved us. And John chapter 13 and verse 34 and verse 35, Jesus said, a new command I give you. This is a word for somebody today. A new command I give you. Love one another. I want you to see how many times it says this in two verses. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone churched and unchurched, knows Jesus, doesn't know Jesus, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. People's church is a house of love. We're all about loving people. The reason this church is called People's Church it's because we're all about showing the love of God to all people. It doesn't matter if you're from the projects, from downtown, uptown, the suburbs. It doesn't matter if you have a white picket fence or a bob wired fence. We love you. It doesn't matter if you drive a car 
take a bus, or ride a horse to work. We love you. It doesn't matter if you live in an apartment, a duplex, a home, or the city rescue mission. We love you. It doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, or white. We love you. This is a house of love. And my desire is for our love to grow more and more for one another. How can our love grow? As a church family, as a body of believers, how can our love grow? I'll, I want to just share three quick things with you on how our love can grow and increase for one another. Number one is this. Our love grows by spending time together. By spending time together. Here's what the scripture says about the early church. In Acts 2 and verse 44, it says, All the believers came on Sunday for an hour and left and didn't talk to each other until the next Sunday. That's not in your Bible. I made that up. The Bible says all the believers were together. They weren't just sitting in rows, looking at the back of each other's heads, but they sat in circles. They got to know one another. And the Bible says they had everything in common. Well, that takes time to have everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They were there for each other. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple court. They didn't neglect the house of God. They didn't neglect God's house. They met there, the Bible says, every day. But they didn't stop there. It says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And for us to grow in our love for one another, we must continue to get to know each other. It's paramount. It's imperative. It's vital. It's crucial that we sit down and get to know one another. That's why time and time again we talk about community groups. We talk about Wednesday night connection because we know what the scripture teaches, that God never designed for us just to come to church for an hour and to look at the back of each other's heads. But he wanted us to be together and to love one another and to care for one another and to meet each other's needs. Can I ask you today, would you step out your comfort zone? At all locations in the lobby, there are Eileen cookies. Yeah, we're going to entice you to go check out the community group table today. Would you go sit in a row with somebody or sit in circles with somebody? Maybe you can host. Here's what I want. I'm asking for six weeks. Would you just give us six weeks of your life and come to Wednesday night? You can get in a small group at church on a Wednesday night right here at the building. And there's ministry for the whole family. You can go on the lobby and sign up for one of our community groups, or you could go host one. I'm leading, you, I'll, I'm leading you through a DVD. We'll get the DVD to you, or it's online as well on our website. We'll tell you how to get there. And just get some of your friends together. Get some of your friends. Get some of your church friends. Come on, just say, let's, let's just do this together. Let's just six weeks. Let's sit down. Let's study the Word of God together. Pastor will lead us through DVD, and let's get to know each other better. Let's, let's meet each other's needs. Let's, let's get involved in each other's lives. The Bible, Christianity was never designed to come to church for an hour service. But we were designed to know one another and do life together. Six weeks. Can I ask everybody at our church for six weeks? Would you make the commitment? 
to get in a group, to start a group at a restaurant, Starbucks, another coffee shop, at the church, would you get involved in getting to know your church family and let's grow in our love for one another. Come on, let's run out of cookies today. Amen. But it's the heart of God, church. I'm preaching the Bible to you because I want our love to grow for one another. And they, early believers, were together and had everything in common. And that's the heart of people's church. There's a second way that our love grows for one another. And number two is this, our love grows by serving each other. It says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in love. Our love grows when we don't just talk about loving each other, but we actually love each other with actions. And I love what the early church did. I read it to you a few moments ago. The Bible says, man, they met each other's needs. They sold their possessions and served one another and ministered to one another. They met each other's needs. And that's what we want here at People's Church. We want to love one another. We want to serve one another. We want to meet each other's needs. We want to help each other. And we can do this in a variety of ways. And one of the best places to do it is in a community group setting. Meet each other's needs. Be there for one another. Realize church is more than just sitting in church on a Sunday, worshiping and hearing the word. That's an important part of our faith journey, but that's not the totality. That's not the end of it. That's not the sum all. It's doing life together. And there's something else that I want us to do. I want us to serve one another. And you know how we can start? Is by serving in the house of God. Now, I'm a church man. I love God's house. If I wasn't a pastor, I'm a church man. I just love God's house. And I'm asking you, would you serve God's house? All of our locations, there are various needs and areas you can get in and make a difference and love people, love on kids, love on parents, serve in our parking lot, serve as a greeter or an usher, serve somewhere, serve in, in our creative arts department, serve on the worship team, serve, make a difference by using your gifts. In the back of your seat pockets today, at all of our locations, would you grab the card out? It's a which ministry fits you? Would you grab that card out? Would you get part of the, pastor, pastor, are you just trying to recruit me? Yes, <laughs> I am. Because you were made for more. You weren't made just to come and sit in church for an hour and hear a sermon and leave and come back the next week. You were meant to get engaged, to be a part of the family, to serve other people, to give of yourself, to love people, to use your gifts and talents to be a blessing. And I'm asking you, would you be a blessing? Fill out the card today. Serve in an area of ministry at all. You may have been to people. It may be your first time. Welcome. Grab the card. We want you to get plugged into the family of God. We want our love for one another to grow more and more. You can grab that card, fill it out, drop it at one of the welcome centers or in the offering buckets at the doors as you leave the service today. And my heart's desire is that we would love one another by serving. And I believe that you desire to grow in your faith and to grow in your love for your church family. There's a third thing that I want us to see. This house is the house of love. Number three is this. Our love grows by bearing with each other. How many of you by a show of hands will say that sometimes, come on, all locations participate. Sometimes people get on your last nerve. Raise your hand. Come on, Rick, come on, come on. Come on. How many of you say sometimes church people get on your last nerve? Come on. Yeah, praise the Lord. How many of you say you sitting by them right now? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Our love has to grow by bearing with each other. 
And here's what the scripture says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13. Bear with each other. I don't think we do this enough in that God's house. Bear with each other. Bear with, no, we like to run from each other. I'm going into a different service than you go to. I'm switching campuses. I'm going to find me a new church. You on my nerves. No, no, no. That's not, that, no, no. That's not growing in your love. Scripture says bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have, has a grievance against someone, hear the word today, because some of you have grievances at work, with friends, with your church family, with your family at home. You have grievances. You have issues. You have grudges. There's tension. And the Bible says if you have grievances, forgive. Make it right. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Family. Here's what family does. Family bears with each other. Family forgives each other. Come on, we do. That's what family, they forgive each other. I have to forgive Tiffany every day. Okay, I'm playing. I'm playing. But the reality is, is this, none of us are perfect. And we really show that we're followers of Christ if we bear with each other. I read it to you a few moments ago. Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples if you love one another. But if you just hightail it out and you just run, and every time you have an issue, you just run and you hide, you'll never grow in your faith. You, you, you'll never grow and be all God wants you to be. You'll never grow in your love as Jesus desires you to grow. And so the scripture teaches, bear with each other. Number four is this. There's a fourth characteristic that I want us to see today about this house. Number four is this house is a house where it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Let's go back to the opening text in John chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. And truth, John chapter 1 verse 17 goes on to say, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And we are a house of truth. We will preach the Bible and understand sometimes you probably won't like some of the things that we say. But the reason, the heart behind why we preach truth is only to benefit you. At People's Church, I've said it throughout this series, we're not trying to beat you up. We're trying to get you up. We're trying to get you free to be all that God created you to be. Jesus says this about truth in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Friends, the truth will set you free from depression. The truth will set you free from anger and negative thoughts and drugs and alcoholism and bad spending habits and addictions. Yes, I said addictions. Matter of fact, 
Next week, I'm starting this new series called Addicted because I believe every single one of us have certain bad habits in our life that keep us from being all that God created us to be. Some of you can identify your bad habit right now and it's holding you back from being all that the Lord wants you to be. And this is a place that we will preach God's truth so that you and I can be set free to be all that God has created us to be. I'm excited for your friends to be set free. I'm excited for your family members to be set free. I'm believing God for your co-workers to be set free. I'm believing God for people at your school to be set free. We will preach the truth of the Word of God because God does set people free by His truth. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way because we're a place that preaches truth, and the truth will set you free.